Hello, and welcome to the Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, or Mid-East Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Pakistan is managing minefields as it concludes agreements on investment, balance of payments support, and delayed payment oil deliveries with Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates worth $13 billion that are likely to form growing distrust in its relations with neighboring Iran. Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan expects to next month sign a memorandum of understanding with Saudi Arabia on a framework for $10 billion in Saudi investments, primarily in oil refining, petrochemicals, renewable energy, and mining. The signing would take place during a planned visit to Pakistan by Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. The memorandum follows the kingdom's rewarding of Mr. Khan for his attendance of a foreign investor summit in Riyadh in October that was shunned by numerous CEOs of Western financial institutions, tech entrepreneurs, and media moguls, as well as senior Western government officials because of the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Mr. Khan walked away from the summit with a $3 billion deposit in Pakistan's central bank as balance of payments support and a promise to defer up to $3 billion in payments for oil imports for a year. United Arab Emirates is expected to conclude similar agreements with Pakistan in the coming weeks. Perhaps the most sensitive investment is likely to be a plan by Saudi national oil company Aramco to build a refinery in the Chinese-backed Baloch port of Gwadar, close to both Pakistan's border with Iran and the Indian-backed 486-hectare Iranian port of Chabahar. Both Pakistan and Saudi Arabia are monitoring progress in Chabahar with Argus eyes. A potential Saudi investment in troubled Balochistan's Rekodik copper and gold mine would further enhance the kingdom's foothold in the strategic province. As always, the devil could be in the details of the Pakistani-Saudi investment agreement. Harun Sharif, the chairman of Pakistan's Board of Investment, cautioned that foreign investment would require a better law and order situation and ease of doing business opportunities. Pakistan's security situation has somewhat improved in the last year, but the country continues to risk blacklisting by the Financial Action Task Force, FATA, an international anti-money laundering and terrorism finance watchdog because of the Pakistani military selective support of militants and close ties between militants and political parties, including Mr. Khan's Tehrik Insaf, PTI. Adding an additional layer of complexity is the fact that funds from the kingdom have been flowing into the coffers of ultra-conservative, anti-Shiite, anti-Iranian Sunni Muslim Madrasa, a religious seminary in Balochistan. It was unclear whether the funds originated with the Saudi government or Saudi nationals of Baloch descent and members of the two million strong Pakistani diaspora in the kingdom. Saudi Arabia sees the Pakistani region 
as a launching pad of a potential effort by the kingdom and or the United States to destabilize the Islamic Republic by stirring unrest among its ethnic minorities, including the Baloch. While Saudi Arabia has put the building blocks in place for possible covert action, it has to date given no indication that it intends to act on proposals to support irredentist action. The flow of funds coincided with the publication in November 2017 of a study by the International Institute for Iranian Studies, formerly known as the Arabian Gulf Center for Iranian Studies, a Saudi government-backed think tank that argued that Chabahar posed a direct threat to the Arab Gulf states that called for immediate countermeasures. Iran's Revolutionary Guards were the target of a rare suicide bombing in December in the port city that killed two people and wounded 40 others. Iranian officials, including Foreign Minister Mohammad Javad Zarif and Revolutionary Guards spokesman Brigadier General Ramadan Sharif, suggested without providing evidence that Saudi Arabia was complicit in the attack. The attack underscores the anti-regime sentiment boiling under the surface in provinces such as Sistan and Baluchistan and Khuzestan, as well as security vulnerabilities in Chabahar and beyond, said Brian Perkins, a risk management consultant and former U.S. Navy signals intelligence analyst. Chabahar is located in the Iranian province of Sistan and Baluchistan that boasts the country's highest unemployment rate. Saudi thinking about stoking unrest strokes with that of President Donald Trump's National Security Advisor, John Bolton, who before assuming office publicly advocated destabilization of Iran. Mr. Bolton, in a policy speech in Cairo, asserted this week that the United States had joined the Iranian people in calling for freedom and accountability. America's economic sanctions against the Iranian regime are the strongest in history and will keep getting tougher until Iran starts behaving like a normal country, Mr. Bolton said. Mr. Bolton was referring to harsh U.S. sanctions imposed after Mr. Trump's withdrawal of the United States from the 2015 international agreement that curbed Iran's nuclear program. Desperately in need of financial support and investment, Pakistan's agreements with Saudi Arabia and the UAE come at a moment that Pakistan-Iran relations are at a crossroads, according to Mohammed Akbar Notazai, Don's newspapers plugged in Balochistan correspondent. A far cry from four years ago, when the Pakistani parliament refused the Saudi request that Pakistani troops join the kingdom's ill-fated military intervention in Yemen, Iran now sees Pakistan as a Saudi ally in the kingdom's rivalry with Iran. Similarly, Pakistan fears that Chabahar will allow India to bypass Pakistan, enforcing closer economic and political ties with Iran, as well as Afghanistan and Central Asian nations. Pakistani analysts expect an estimated $5 billion in Afghan trade to flow through Chabahar after it was inaugurated last month with India handling operations. Pakistan is further concerned 
that Iran, in response to the Saudi funding, that it sees as part of an anti-Iranian U.S.-Saudi plot, could step up support for Baloch nationalists in a bid to raise the stakes for the South Asian nation. Pakistan is also worried that deteriorating Pakistani-Iranian relations offer India an opportunity to subvert the $45 billion-plus China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, CPEC, a crown jewel of the People's Republic's Belt and Road Initiative. In November, the Nationalist Baloch Liberation Army claimed responsibility for an attack on the Chinese consulate in Karachi, Pakistan's commercial and industrial heartland. Writing in the Pakistan Security Report 2018, published by the Islamabad-based Pak Institute for Peace Studies, Mr. Notazai noted that to many in Pakistan, such concerns were materialized with the arrest of Kulbushan Jadha, an Indian spy in Balochistan who had come through Iran. Ever since, Pakistani intelligence agencies have been on extra alert on its border with Iran. The journalist warned that the more Pakistan slips into the Saudi orbit, the more its relations with Iran will worsen. If their borders remain troubled, anyone can fish in the troubled water. This is what is already happening in the border region. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at mideastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.